0: Well, we are in a series called Happy that I'm kicking off today, and I'm excited about what the Lord is going to do in this series, and I want to begin this message today and give you this thought today, kind of the the overall uh, theme of my message today is the world did not give it. The world didn't give it. And I want to begin my message with the famous words of Ferrell, Ferrell Williams. And Mr. Pharaoh Williams, he had a song, and uh, let me share the song with you today. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof, because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth, because I'm happy. Clap along if you know what happiness is to you, because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do, happy. Bring me down, can't nothing bring me down. Love is too happy to bring me down. Can't, can't nothing bring me down. I said, happy, bring me down. Can't nothing bring me down. Love is too happy to bring me down. Can't nothing bring me down. I said, happy. Now, if I could sing, I would have sung the song to you, but that's as good as you're getting today from me, happy. This song, Happy, went triple platinum, selling 1.8 million. It was only the fourth song in the past 20 years to reach this milestone. It's obvious that that people are looking for happiness. People are searching high and low, looking for happiness. And, And the question that I want us to address today and throughout this series and want us to answer is how do we get happy and keep happy? And we're going to spend the next five weeks doing a book study through the book of Philippians, and we're going to learn and discover how to get happy and how to keep happy. But let's dive into the book of Philippians, and I want to just kind of set up the book of Philippians for you Today, the, the Apostle Paul established the church at Philippi, and he established this church, and then he wrote them a, a letter that we call the Book of Philippians. He wrote them a letter in 62 A.D., and as he wrote this letter, there are many scholars that, that agree that the theme or the thrust of the Book of Philippians is joy. You see, 14 times in this short letter, Paul uses the word rejoice or the word joy, 14 times. As a matter of fact, you see the word joy or rejoice in every chapter, in all four chapters, and in three out of the four chapters, you see the word joy or rejoice on multiple occasions. Let, let me share with you an example from each chapter of how he uses the word joy or rejoice. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy, joy. You also see him use the word joy or rejoice in Philippians 1.18. Those of you that are Bible students and you want to study the Word of God on your own this week, Philippians 1 verse 18 is a good verse to look at. You'll see him talking about joy, rejoicing. Also, Philippians 1 verse number 26 In chapter 2, he talks about joy and rejoicing. He says, Philippians 2, verse 17, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. You also find him using joy or rejoice in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 2. Also in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 29. In chapter 3, an example, Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. He says rejoicing. The joy of the Lord is a safeguard for your life, for your heart. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 says rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. You you also see him using the word rejoice or joy in Philippians chapter 4 verse 1, also Philippians chapter 4 verse number 10. And as you read the book of Philippians, you notice that Paul doesn't focus so much on happiness as he does on joy. His his attention, his focus is on joy. Paul knows that there is something greater, that there is something more powerful, that there is something more lasting than happiness, and that's joy. You see, happiness is the attitude of satisfaction based upon circumstances. And the reason people can get happy but can't keep it is because happiness, even the root word happy, happening, happiness is based on happenings based on what's happening in life. Last week, uh, this, this past week, I was uh, in Nebraska with my family, visiting my wife's family. Her parents live there. Her brother and sister live in Nebraska as well. And, and my wife is a pastor's kid, and so we, we went there, and uh, and spend time with the family, and I can allow my wife and my children just to have a blast, and she allows me to be able to study some, and so I still use it as a study break and to, to get ahead and study, message preparation, calendar preparation, and. But I took the weekend off, and I couldn't wait to go to church, my father-in-law's church, his, him and my mother-in-law's church, and went there Sunday morning, and it was a great service. I was, it's always great to be in church. I don't have to preach and just worship, tears flowing down my face, the Holy Spirit ministering to my heart. And I heard a powerful message from my father-in-law. He preached, no word from God will ever fail. And I was just ministered to, and I was blessed that day. And, man, we ate good over the weekend. And, obviously, Monday, man, July the 4th, and I hollered there, I couldn't wait to eat again. But I knew it was a bad weekend of eating, so I told myself, even though it's a holiday weekend, I'm going to get up and go to the gym. So I went to a gym and grabbed out of Nebraska, and I got on the elliptical, and I, I, I cranked out 30 minutes just hard on that elliptical. I was pounding it out, working hard, broke a good sweat, trying to keep my heart in shape. And I told myself that that I'm going and I'd only work out on the elliptical for 30 minutes, but when I get done working out on the elliptical, I'm now going to go work out on the weights and do some weights. And so I got done as I was getting off the elliptical, getting ready to, to go work out on the weights. There was a breaking news that showed up on my phone and it said, Kevin Durant going to Golden State. I thought, I'm tired. I just, I worked out too hard. Let me shake it off. Let me read this slower. Kevin Durant going to Golden State. Happy, I'm not happy. I'm depressed. I'm mad. I couldn't even go work out. I quit, I left the gym. I guess i might work it out. I went, got in the car. I started reading every article I could. He's leaving. Why? Why is he leaving? It's 4th of July. It's supposed to be the day of freedom. I didn't feel free. I felt oppressed. I'm like, I am not What is wrong? Why is he leaving our state? I wasn't happy. I spent my whole July the 4th reading articles about Kevin Durant. He ruined my whole day. Happy. I'm not happy. Happy is based on happenings. You're happy when you get the new car. When it breaks down, you're not happy. You're happy when you have a great day at work. When it goes bad, you're not happy. Happy is based on happenings. And Paul knew there was something that was more powerful, that was greater, that was more lasting than happiness. It's called joy, and joy is a deep down, inner feeling of well-being. Joy is not based on our circumstances. You see, the Apostle Paul had joy in his heart in spite of being in prison, in spite of being chained to a Roman soldier. You see, he wrote the book of Philippians in prison, chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. That's how he wrote the book, in prison, and then a prison guard would give up. His shift would be over after 8, 10 hours, and the next prison guard would come in, chain himself to the Apostle Paul. Then Eight, 10 hours later, another prison guard would come and chain himself to Paul. He slept with a prisoner, his prison guard chained to him 24 hours a day. And yet the apostle Paul could say, rejoice in the Lord always, because Paul understood that joy has nothing to do with my circumstances. Joy is something that I have in my heart that does not come from the circumstances that I'm dealing with. And the question is, how do you attain joy? Not just happiness that comes and goes depending on what's happening in your life. How do you get this joy, this deep down inner feeling of well-being that is not based on your circumstances? How do you get it? Let's look at that together. Number one is this. Joy comes to those who receive the gospel. It comes to those who receive the gospel. Listen, if you want to live a life of joy, first you need to understand that joy comes from God. God gives joy to those who receive Christ. Joy comes from God. The, the message of Jesus or the gospel, we, that's the word I use in, for this point, the gospel, which is simply the good news. It's called the good news because of this. A Savior was born and he gives joy to the human heart. Luke chapter 2 describes this in verse number 10. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, the gospel, good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. You see, it's good news that Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born. Because why? Because when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. And and when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your sins are forgiven. And the Holy Spirit of God takes residence inside of you. He comes to live inside of you. And the Holy Spirit of God gives us joy. There is a joy that only comes from knowing Christ. The world didn't give it. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, May the God of all hope fill you with all joy. The God, God, there's a joy that only comes from God. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace. How? As you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't give us this kind of joy. There is a joy that only comes from God. Number two is this how do you attain joy? How do you attain joy? Joy is developed by the Holy Spirit. Notice in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who takes residence inside of the believer, the fruit that he produces, that he develops, is love, joy. Come on, all of our locations, everybody shout, Joy. joy. He produces love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And and some of you are here today and you feel like you're lacking joy in your life. You're, You're hearing this message right now and you're thinking, I'm not as joyful as I would like to be in life. And you hear about the apostle Paul and his horrible circumstances and that he had joy in his heart and you're thinking to yourself, I wish I had that kind of joy in my life and I have good news for you. You can. The same Holy Spirit that produced and developed this joy in the apostle Paul's life in spite of his circumstances, that same Holy Spirit can produce and develop more joy in your life. You can have more and more and more joy in your life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. So what's the kingdom of God all about? It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, as you grow closer to God, the Holy Spirit produces joy in your life. As you surrender more and more of your life to God, the Holy Spirit produces joy in your life. You say, Pastor, I don't have, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, and I am lacking joy. I would say this to you, the Holy Spirit desires to produce joy in your life. That's one of his roles. The, The kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. In the Holy Spirit, he wants to produce joy. Surrender. Surrender your life. Surrender your heart. Surrender your actions. Surrender your mind. Get in the Word of God. Pray. The Holy Spirit, he's not working against you. He wants to work with you. He wants to produce joy in your life. Joy comes from God. Joy is developed by the Holy Spirit. How do you attain joy? Number three is this. Joy comes from obeying the Word of God john chapter 15 verse 10 says if you obey my commands this is jesus speaking here you will remain in my love just as i have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love well 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 why what's one of the benefits of obeying god's commands he tells us verse 11 i have told you this so that my joy come on all locations say joy I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. If you want your joy to be complete, if you want your joy to grow, if you want to have the joy of the Lord in your heart, you need to obey the word of God. Some of you today, you're a follower of Jesus, you're a Christian, your sins have been forgiven, and you're lacking joy in your life. You're not very joyful. And if you were honest with yourself, you say, you know what, Pastor, I'm not obeying the Word of God. There are areas of my life that I know I am not following God's Word. And when you don't follow God's Word, your joy will not be complete. You will find yourself not maintaining and living with the joy of the Lord because joy comes from obeying the Word of God. Psalm, the psalmist said in Psalms 19, verse 8, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the, Lord, to, to the heart, the precepts, the, the commands, the statutes of the Lord are right, and they give joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The, 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 the obeying the precepts of the Lord brings joy to the heart. There was an old song, an old hymn we used to sing when I was growing up, the church on Meccasookie Street that we attended from time to time, and the song went like this. It said, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey and if you want to be happy in jesus you want to have the joy of the lord you got to learn to trust and obey you got to obey his word obey his commands that's the only way to have the joy of the lord to be happy in jesus is to trust and obey i want to switch gears with you for a few moments i talked to you about how to attain the joy of the Lord. And now what I want to do is I want to talk to you from chapter one. So we're doing a book study through the book of Philippians. This week's chapter one. Next week, I want to teach from chapter two. Next, the following week, I'm going to teach from chapter three and so on. And today, as we look at chapter one, the theme of the book being joy, there's something greater and more powerful than happiness, joy. I want to give you three keys to maintaining joy three keys to maintaining joy from chapter one. Number one is this. Remember the good things God is doing. If you want to maintain the joy of the Lord, remember the good things God is doing. Here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter one, verse three. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. He says, I remember the good things God is doing. I'm remembering Verse 4 says this In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Why do I have this joy? Because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. Paul maintained joy by focusing on the good things that God was doing. In spite of his difficulties, in spite of his circumstances that he was facing in life, he remembered that the church of Philippi was partnering with him in the gospel. The apostle Paul was remembering all the lives that had been saved and changed and transformed by the power of Christ through the church at Philippi. And he says, Man, I remember the good things God has done. And friends, Paul could have easily focused on the negative things. His situation was not ideal. He could have focused on how he was in jail and how it was not fair. He could have focused on the fact that life was hard in that season. But he chose to rejoice by choice. I'm going to say that again. He chose to rejoice by choice, and you have to begin to rejoice by choice. Some of you are not maintaining the joy of the Lord because you're always focused on the negative. You're always focused on what you don't like about your job. Say what I don't like. You're always focused on you're just negative. You're focused on what you don't like about your spouse, what you don't like about your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're you're focused on on the negative about your children. You're focused on how negative, just the negative things about your friends. You're focused on negative things about church and the negative things about your hair and negative things about your eyes and the negative things about your clothes. And you don't like your home. And you're just negative. Change your focus. Focus on the good things God has and is doing. I don't care what you're going through today. Here's what I know about every single person hearing this message. God is doing some good things in your life. Everything's not bad. Everything is not bad. God is doing some good things in your life, and you have to choose to rejoice by choice. You have to choose to change your focus. And you know what the Apostle Paul did? Paul disciplined himself to think on good things. Discipline himself to think on good things. He says this in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think. Paul says, I'm in prison. I don't like my situation, but I have trained. I have trained. I have disciplined my mind to only think about such things, things that are good. Change your focus Learn to rejoice by choice. If you just focus your life on the negative, your mind on the negative, you will find your joy decreasing. But if you want to maintain the joy of the Lord, remember the good things God is doing. Number two is this. How do you maintain the joy of the Lord? Pray for other people. Pray for other people. In life, it's really easy to get self-focused. It's easy to be self-focused instead of others focused, especially when we're going through difficult times and trying times. It's easy for us to make our life and our focus all about me, myself, and I. And friends, when we get self-focused, you know what happens? It's so easy for me and it's so easy for you to develop the poor old me's. Just get self-focused. Oh, I'm the only one in the world going through this kind of trouble. Nobody Nobody understands my pain. Nobody else has problems like I have. My life stinks. But friends, the Apostle Paul maintained joy by being others-focused. He was constantly thinking about others. He was constantly praying for others. Paul was others-focused. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 4, in all my prayers... For all of you. I'm praying for all of you. I know I'm in prison. I know I'm chained to a Roman soldier, but I'm focused on you. I'm praying for all of you. I always pray with joy. I have joy in my heart because I'm praying for you. I'm others-focused. Friends, the Apostle Paul understood the power of being others-focused. Even in his own trials, even in his own circumstances, he was focused on others, and not just with the Church of Philippi. The Apostle Paul, this was a habit he practiced in his life, not just with this one church, but with with all the churches, you, you see examples in Ephesians chapter one, verse sixteen. He says, "I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers." He was others focused. Colossians chapter one, verse three. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Others focused 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 2 we always thank god for all of you mentioning you in our prayers others focused and some of you are lacking the joy of the lord because you're so self focused your life is all about you and you have to get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on others helping others praying for others Others, 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 others. Get focused on others. Others, others, others. And watch as you get focused on others, as you start praying for others, just watch how your joy begins to increase when you're others focused. Start this week by praying for other people. I know some of you, you spend all your time praying for yourself. Pastor, if you knew what I was going through, you spend all your time praying for me too. Amen. If you knew what I was going through, I hear you. But I'm telling you, if you want the joy of the Lord, you might be chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day, but you got to learn to say, rejoice in the Lord always. You got to learn to say, I'm praying for others. You got to learn to say, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I'm lifting you up. I'm trying to help other people. You have to be others, others focused and watch the joy. Just increase and you maintain the joy of the Lord. Number three is this. How do you maintain the joy of the Lord? Remember, God is doing a work. Remember, God is doing a work. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Here's what Paul says. I love this. He says, I'm confident of this one thing. Paul says, I'm absolutely convinced of this. God is working. Paul was convinced that God was working in his life. Paul was convinced that God was working in other people's lives. And friends, if you're not careful, your joy can begin to decrease because you forget that God is doing a work in your life and in the lives of other people. You see, we can be others focused in a good way or we can be others focused in a bad way. And the bad way to be others-focused is when you start believing the worst about people. You just go through life and you just believe the worst. You stop believing in people's potential. You stop believing and you start forgetting God is at work in people's lives. And you just get a negative, critical mentality about people. Well, I can't believe what they're doing. Look at them. Look Look at our nation. They'll never change. What's wrong with them? those people call themselves Christians? Oh my goodness, look at them. Well, let me tell you, if I was the boss, if I was the parent, if I was the pastor, if I was the mayor, if I was the governor, if I was the president, if I owned the company, let me tell you what I would do because they obviously don't have good sense. And friends, you have to be careful because You're going to lose the joy of the Lord if all you do is focus on people's flaws and their issues and their mistakes and you lose sight of the fact that God is at work. And the apostle Paul says, I'm convinced of this. He who began a good work in you, I don't like the circumstances. Some of you are not treating me right, but he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Paul was convinced that God is still working. And friends, if you're a follower of Jesus I have good news for you if you're not a follower of Christ I'm so glad you're here I really am and my hope and my prayer is that you would cross the line of faith and give your life to Jesus but if you're a follower of Jesus here's what you can be confident of that God is still working in your life he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God is still working in your life. I understand you're not where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. Come on, is that somebody in this place today? You're not where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. God is still working. He's not done with you, and friends, you have to be convinced of this. Come on, if you're a follower of Christ and you go to your workplace as Salt and Light, and you go there and you pray for your workplace, God is working on your boss in spite of what you see. He He's working on your co-workers in spite of what you see in spite of what you see in your marriage or with your children if you're a follower of Christ you're praying and leading on Jesus God is working in your children he's working in your marriage God is working if you're praying for our state God is working in our state if you're praying for our nation in spite of what you see you have to be confident that God is still working in our nation God is working in our world God is at work and when you have the confidence and you have a you have this resolve that you You are confident that God is still at work. There is a joy and a strength that is produced in your heart when you realize no matter what you see, God is still in control. God is still at work. He's not done yet. Even when things don't go your way in life, God is at work. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. I want you to notice his perspective. I'm in prison and I'm being treated unfairly, but he says, I want you to know God is at work. He he says this, here's his mentality. The good news of Jesus is being advanced even through my trials. Verse 13, he says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, don't like them, don't want them. But let me tell you my perspective. Because of my change, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul said his chains are causing people's faith to be strengthened in God. God, Paul says, God is at work even in my trials. And that's why Paul could write, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say Rejoice. Because Paul was convinced that no matter what he saw, that ultimately God was in control. And he was convinced that God is still working. Friends, God is at work during good times, and God is at work during bad times. God is at work. And Paul didn't allow the problems of the world to rob him of his joy. The Apostle Paul knew this one thing. The world did not give me this joy. And I'm not going to let the problems of this world take it away. The world didn't give it. There's a joy that only comes. The world didn't give it. And I'm not going to let the world take it away.